power on. Now entering the gaming grid. The latest gaming news, reviews, and retro culture, as only the man of tomorrow can deliver. And here is your host, Brian Sovereign. The man of the hour, the man with the power, the man who's had one hell of a long February 2021. Let me tell you that. It is the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, ready to do another little uh, a top eight. And this top eight is really a sequel to one that we had recently done uh, around the Nintendo Wii. And we are just following up, no pun intended there, we are just following up uh, with the Nintendo Wii. And really getting into the other side of the Wii. Uh, the other side being when the first top eight that we did around the system. So yes, you are getting another gaming grid special here. But we originally talked about basically the main releases. As in the releases, you know, they came out physically on DVD and what have you. Um, as to now, we're going to get into, like I said, the other side, which comes in the form of what was what would be called WiiWare. Uh, the Nintendo Wii, the juggernaut that <laughs> was unleashed upon us all in 2006. Uh, and of course, if you want to hear more about the history of the Nintendo Wii, you can listen to the previous uh, Zomia 1 Underground slash Gaming Grid special that I did around the Wii. But the implementation, basically from the get-go, of online connectivity and features for the Wii was a pretty big deal for Nintendo uh, at the time. You know, I mean, sure, GameCube could play Fantasy Star Online, but, you know, you had to buy a separate, uh, you know, separate bit of kit. You had to get the modem for it, right? Uh, this was where it was really being thought of, okay, no, this is going to be integral. This is going to be a part of it. Granted, however, it really wouldn't be until 2008 that WiiWare would really take off. Now, I want to talk more about WiiWare, but to bring up the virtual console, which can't really have a conversation around uh, uh, the channel system, which is you know these varying channels that you could download uh, that effectively allowed you to get online connectivity. And boy, there's a huge conversation we could have around Mies that we didn't talk about with uh, with the Wii. In fact, if you saw the most recent a Nintendo Direct from February 2021. Uh, it looks like Mies are making a bit of a comeback. Uh, in fact, I was half tempted to talk about uh, that Direct here. Um, you know, but really, we want to talk about the WiiWare, and this doesn't necessarily have to be the longest episode. But uh, so, you know, we wouldn't get WiiWare until a little bit into the Wii's lifespan, but it would become, I think, along with Virtual Console, uh, one of the things that really attracted uh, the very large customer base and certainly a larger customer base than Nintendo had appreciated uh, in the previous generation, maybe in the, even in the previous two generations of game consoles, um, you know, it was that ability to, I mean, sure, it's great to play classic games in the virtual console, um, but also WiiWare games were just these wacky 
you know, and, and again, I mean, the idea of downloading games digitally was still, still kind I feel like it was still kind of a newer concept. Yes. You had steam. Yes. You had, you know, lots of services that were doing it. PlayStation, you know, of course had uh, the PlayStation store. You had uh, Xbox live arcade. I mean, it's not like it was the new, new thing, but for Nintendo, it was certainly new. Um, and you know, I mean, let, let's say it, they may not have done it the best while their virtual console was the clear winner. Um, for, you know, anything that had to do with the Wii shop. We were, I mean, there, there were some really interesting games that came out on that. We're going to get in a, into a top eight of those, but there were a lot of games that could have, and I would say should have been on the Nintendo Wii via WiiWare, but it wouldn't happen. Part of this is, and, and this is getting into how Nintendo really, really didn't do a great job with this, and they didn't. And that is they had a very strange, I mean, there's a reason why, but a very strange 40 megabyte limit for WiiWare. Basically, whatever game you made that was going to come out for WiiWare had to be, it was capped off at, it could only be 40 megabytes in size. The issue here now, I mean, for, you know, again, you go from the Nintendo 64 back in consoles, you know, I mean, even going to the Commodore 64 and whatever for the virtual console, 40 megabytes, isn't a problem. Like, okay, sure. We could fit anything on that. Uh, and I'm guessing they must've programmed something with the Wii shop to where that was a weird necessity, but for whatever reason, they would never, they would never increase, um, that limit of 40 megabytes, no matter how many, uh, game devs, and really great games that Nintendo knew. I mean, that, that, that the developers were excited to put on the Nintendo Wii. Um, you know, for whatever reason, Nintendo just never raised that limit. And I'm sure there's some kind of technical limitation. Like I said, that has to do around the programming of the Wii shop, which was more, you know, concentrating on the virtual console, which I can only imagine that not that I've ever seen numbers, but I can only imagine that the amount of profit that Nintendo took from the virtual console in comparison to WiiWare proper had to be astronomical. I mean, WiiWare sold, but you know, here's the funny thing with talk about WiiWare selling. This is another part that was really, I think a very nasty implementation on Nintendo's part. And that is to even make money off of the game that you developed for WiiWare. You had to sell 6,000 units to finally get a payday basically from Nintendo. Otherwise Nintendo kept all those profits. If you didn't sell 6,000 units, a very, a game that I love and also a fairly popular and well-known game, well-known game came out much later in, I want to say this came out in like 2013 or so in, you know, the Wii's life cycle. I mean, by that point, the Wii U was already out there. Uh, and that was a retro city rampage. Now that ended up, and of course that's a very, you know, uh, low graphic. I mean, it's basically like an eight bit version of grand theft auto, right? I love the game retro city rampage, uh, only sold like 5,000 units. I think it was, so they didn't hit the 6,000 mark. So the developer never got a payday for that, for, you know, going through the motions and putting retro city rampage on the Nintendo Wii via WiiWare. That's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's just call it that that's pure bullshit. Uh, and, and it's even hard to like justify why would, you know, okay, we can, we can maybe somehow, you know, getting into the technicals of it, we could justify this 40 megabytes, uh, limit, you know, in uh, file size limit. 
but to not have a payday unless you sold uh, 6,000 units. I mean, I guess maybe what they were thinking was is that there would be people who would develop these shitty little games and they could make a thousand of these little games. And if they only sold a hundred copies of each, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, and, and they could, you know, they could collect the money from just, you know, doing basically quantity over quality, you know, say a developer who did that. But I don't even know if I buy that because the quality control for WiiWare was, as I understand it, was pretty strict. Now, someone might have evidence to the contrary, but my understanding was that it was really, really strict. So WiiWare itself, um, I mean, it was, it, you could almost think of it as really a test bed on on Nintendo's part for, okay, how can, how well can we work with, what does it look like to sell games digitally? I mean, now that's, you know, the, the most common way that games uh, get purchased um, today, you know, for the switch and even the 3ds and, and go down the list. But at the time, I think it seems pretty clear. Nintendo is really testing things and to make matters worse. And I think I talked about this in the previous top eight around the Wii. Uh, you had the issue of, yes, you could put in an SD card, but there are real limitations on hard drive space or on onboard storage, I should say, um, with the Wii to where you could buy, I don't know, however many WiiWare games, but you couldn't leave them all on, you know, all on your Wii if you bought, you know, more than like 10, 20 of them. Okay. Not that there are ever that many WiiWare games, but you know, you could only hold so many at a time and consider that, what was it just a couple of years ago? It was, uh, yeah, back in January, back in 2019, I think when the Wii shop, uh, was basically shut down. Now you can still like, if you already bought the games, say if you already bought a WiiWare game, all right. Uh, you know, take your pick of the WiiWare game Contra rebirth. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a top eight here and we'll talk about some of the games uh, in, in a minute, but you won't be able to download those anymore. Now, I mean, this is, you know, everybody that, that, that purchases digital games, you know, kind of knows this in the back of their mind that it's, well, it's a matter of time. When does it get delisted? When, when do the servers get turned off a minute? Am I going to lose access to these games? Um, you were able to, if you took, if you turn, uh, what did you switched it to? Was it Wii mode or whatever with the Wii U? Uh, you were able to play WiiWare games on there. So, you know, that's something that's still somewhat active, but understandably the Wii U's days are, I mean, they've been numbered. They they were numbered when it came out, frankly. I mean, let, let's be honest. But unfortunately, WiiWare games are really not available to play anywhere else. Now, for example, like DSi, uh, DSiWare games, which were for the Nintendo DSi, those you could purchase on in the, for the 3ds you could purchase through you know the the eShop e on the 3ds which i mean granted there was that really odd situation that happened in 2020 where uh, dsiware games that were in the 3ds eShop uh suddenly got delisted by nintendo and everybody was freaking out they came back but you know how long are they going to be there right and i mean that's a whole other issue with the 3ds that so we're not going to get in, into here but bottom line being is that with WiiWare really the only practical way to know you're going to be able to continue to play them. And of course, I guess ultimately this is true for any video game is via emulation. And we'll get into, after we get through our top eight of WiiWare games, we will get into the uh, emulation possibilities and homebrew possibilities for playing WiiWare games and really Wii games in general. Now, before we get into the top eight, 
it almost sounds like I was being really negative uh, about this and especially about that 40 megabyte size limit and everything that somehow this made for substandard games. Not really true. Um, some of the games, actually some very popular game series would start out of WiiWare. And I feel like in many ways for the, the masses, as it were, WiiWare games would be the really like the, the first exposure for a lot of people to the idea that great games didn't have to come from Capcom, didn't have to come from, you know, Activision, EA, whoever at the time, that great games could come from, uh, you know, indie developers. Now in PC gaming, you know, we had known that forever, just like a lot of other trends in, in gaming in general, you know, PC would have it since at least the nineties, if not the eighties, but, uh, for the masses, I really think this would be the first time that they would get introduced to games where they would go, holy shit, this is great. Wait, that was made by one guy or that was made by, you know, I mean, it would blow people's minds. We'll talk more about that as we get into the top eight, but you know, example series, like say, um, you know, bit trip, right? Like the bit trip series with commander video, um, that all started as we were, uh, boy, you know, speaking of though, where that, that size limit problem, super meat boy should have been on the Nintendo Wii and that would have done gangbusters and that game would have been even bigger than it already was. Uh, that was a lost opportunity, but the developer basically said, you know, no, I'm not going to sacrifice quality here, you know, just to, you know, fit some stupid 40 megabyte size limit. So regardless, there would be some, you know, really, really major series that would get their start, uh, on, on WiiWare. Um, and I think bit trips, one of them, and we'll get into some others here uh, as we as we go through the top eight. And I want to be clear that, you know, some of the games that would come out via WiiWare did transcend uh, in varying ways their their humble beginnings as <laughs> a 40 megabyte game. Uh, <laughs> but but they would transcend it. And some of them would find life on other platforms. Um, some WiiWare titles, you know, like I said, yeah, some of these you can only play them via emulation. Um, or, you know, if you happen to still have a Wii or, you know, you're homebrewing there, or, you know, you just happen to have the files still installed, you can do it there. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of games would end up on Android and iOS, right? I mean, that's, that's certainly a thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that as we go through the top eight. If there's the opportunity to play a game another way, besides even just emulation, we'll get into that. But really, there are some great games and, you know, not just great games via WiiWare, but there are also some continuations from at the time, especially, you know, in the, you know, 2007 post range in, during that, that generation of consoles, uh, there were some games that got new entries that hadn't had new entries really on home consoles in some time. Um, where they would pick up and run with it. For example, these are not on the top eight, uh, but they certainly could be. But you had Blaster Master Overdrive. Of course, Blaster Master has found new life in recent years with the Blaster Master Zero series. Um, but Blaster Master Overdrive, that was the first new entry in a while, since I want to say maybe the PlayStation. I think there was a Blaster Master game there. Uh, then there was a new Excite Bike, which was fantastic. Excite Bike, uh, Excite Bike World Rally. That was awesome. Um, you even had shooter games on there that, that, you know, like I said, the, Wii was a fantastic system for on rails shooters, right? 
and you could use the Wii Zapper with uh, Eco Shooter Plant 530. That was another another great game. I mean, these aren't on the top eight, but my point being is that there were games really worth their salt uh, on that system, you know, via WiiWare. But now let's get into the top eight. And as I've said, you know, if you're in the top eight, you're already great. It doesn't really matter what number. Uh, I am going to have a number one here, though, and when when we get to it. Um, but let's open it up. And in fact, this is very interesting because it was recently announced just in February of 2021 uh, that this game might end up getting a re-release, say on the Switch or, or other uh, consoles. And this was one that I was really, really excited for because I, I just love this reverse concept. Uh, the game is Space Invaders Get Even. Now, what's the big deal? Haven't we had 10 billion Space Invaders games? Why did we need one more? Ah, this one is unique. Uh, even amongst all the differing versions of the Space Invaders series, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of, by the way. And uh, it's always good to play a, a little Space Invaders Extreme at, uh, at Fun Spot with Ellen whenever uh, we get the opportunity to do so. But uh, Space Invaders get even. I'm shocked that with all these Space Invaders collections that have come out, that this game has not been included on those. But Space Invaders Get Even, it's basically Space Invaders in reverse, where it is you, you are playing the Space Invaders this time around. Awesome. You know, it's like Destroy All Humans. It's like those kinds of games. I love the games where you get to basically be the villains, right? Uh, or where your, you know, your goal is, say, to destroy humanity. I I get a, I get a little special thrill out of that. <laughs> I, I mean, they're the most ridiculous games because, you know, humanity is going to destroy itself. It's not like it needs alien invaders to do it, but <laughs> anyway, uh, space invaders get even. So this is now you in the mothership descending upon the cities, uh, you know, as you would normally see from a more uh, top top up or, or from, from a bottom up, I should say a uh, view in traditional space invaders games. Um, and you, you know, launch your legion of space invaders upon each city and everything. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it was one of the games. In fact, a few of these games we'll talk about ahead this, uh, where not only did we introduce, you know, uh, digitally available games, it also introduced paid DLC. Uh, now it would use a points system that you had to buy and everything, whatever, you know, <laughs> corporate script. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so you had DLC options uh, with space invaders get even, this was one of the larger and really DLC options were kind of a way of getting around that 40 megabyte limit, you know, but this was one of the larger games all told um, for, uh, you know, for the Nintendo Wii that was WiiWare. And in fact, it could fill up the onboard storage pretty easily on its own. Like you, you could end up with, if you installed all of the uh, DLC, I mean, you were looking at 250 megabytes easy. And again, remember the onboard storage for the Wii was only 512, but this game really was loads of fun. And, and again, I just, I love getting to play the villain for once, you know, it's something that different. Uh, it was such a great idea and somehow just never ended up on any other system. I hope that it ends up getting re-released. Uh, it, it deserves it. it. It's a cool game and hell expand on it. I mean, it's easy enough to do. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I loved it. I, I think it was just a fantastic, uh, nice role reversal game and a great way. Like I said, now granted there's never been a, uh, you know, any kind of dearth of, <laughs> uh, of space invaders games, but on home consoles, this was a real resurgence, I think of the franchise. Um, and, and again, very unique. So that's number eight. Let's move on to number seven. Number seven, uh, this was for a long time, a, we were exclusive title and it's rage of the gladiator. Now, let me be clear. This is now available on the three DS. Okay. So you can play the rage of the gladiator to this day. Uh, there's nothing, I don't think there's any dramatic, uh, difference with the three DS version. Ironically, uh, so it would also end up coming out for iOS. Ironically, there was an Android version. I think the Android version for whatever reason got pulled from the Google play store. I say that's ironic because again, we're talking about the whole problem here with WiiWare is that a lot of these games, you can't really play anywhere else. Well, even on Android, these games can get taken away and you know, it's not like Android's going away anytime soon. So why do they do this sort of thing? Hmm. But anyway, rage of the gladiator. The basic idea is this is really, it, it's really Mike Tyson's punch out but with gladiators, uh, and a nice skill level tree and everything. Um, it's cool. I mean, it's really, really cool and, and it works, you know, and you have weapons and everything. And yeah, I mean, you're just, it's like your little Mac, but instead you're a gladiator, uh, lots of fun. Again, started out as a, WiiWare title. That's what it was made for. They're trying to take advantage. In fact, it was one of, it was one of the original WiiWare games that took advantage of the Wii motion plus accessory on the Wemo. Um, but that's how much range they wanted to be able to take advantage of. Uh, and, and it worked and it was just a, just loads and loads of fun. Uh, and you had some, I mean, you know, basically punch out games are just a series of boss battles, but this had a really cool story for it too. Uh, you know, that was done. In fact, it's amazing, you know, in the size limit of a, of a WiiWare game, uh, just how much story and, you know, like cutscenes that they jammed into this thing and, and it delivered, it's a cool story uh, as well. So let's move on to number six. Again, rage of the gladiator. You can play that on the three DS uh, and the controls work perfectly well there. Uh, number six was a game that to this day gets some kind of a bad rap. And I still don't understand why I don't. And uh, because I remember playing this, in fact, fuck, uh, I hooked up my, Wii to, I remember a 60 inch screen. It was a Samsung. Uh, this was rear projection led at the time. And I thought this game was gorgeous and it gave me, you know, those nostalgia feels, right. You know, when you, you get the goosebumps and everything, there were points in this game where I got those goosebumps so fucking hard because it really felt like I was sitting in front of my, you know, in front of a TV with a Genesis controller in my hand and doing the business. This game was Sonic the Hedgehog four. Now Sonic the Hedgehog four would get released in multiple episodes. So I guess particularly I'm talking about episode one, um, but I loved this game. I mean, I, the sense of speed, everything I thought was there. I, I don't understand. I mean, I hear the arguments, but I really don't get them. Like, I don't understand where people complain about this game. I thought it played, I mean, yeah, it's not as good as Sonic mania. Sure. Um, but did I feel like it was a worthy sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog three? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, did I, I think it worked. In fact, hell, I think part of the reason it came out in episodes 
was basically to get past the 40 megabyte size limit for WiiWare. Uh, but it delivered. I, I mean, I had so much fun uh, playing this game. And yeah, I don't understand. I mean, the Wii did really well for some very specific Sonic games. There were some horrible ones, Unleashed, and, you know, well, anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But some of Sonic's best games, like Sonic Colors, uh, Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, are on the Wii and Sonic the Hedgehog 4 is right there. Now, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 would not be exclusive to WiiWare. It's available fucking everywhere. I mean, even on Steam, you can get it. Uh, so there's a, plenty of opportunity to play this one, but I thought it was mind-blowing and it was more of the Wii delivering on all these classic series in really a, a, a classic way and, and, you know, kind of bringing that back. It, it was so cool. Uh, loved this game. As soon as like the cards start spinning and you're running around in them, <laughs> it was on. Uh, so again, I, I don't understand people's hatred for this game. I just don't get it. But speaking of continuing on classic series in classic ways, this is almost argument alone at the time to own a Wii. Not that these would end up being exclusive to the Wii, and now they're included in varying collections and with all of their DLC intact. And I'm actually going to make them, I'm going to call two games here at number five. And that's Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. Now, originally, Mega Man 9 was basically supposed to be, okay, yeah, let's make a classic-styled 8-bit Mega Man uh, game again, make it painfully hard, far harder than Mega Man 6 ever was. Um, and, you know, let, let's just have that fun and see what happens here. And, and, you know, maybe even Capcom had some kind of contractual obligation uh, to make a WiiWare game, and so they they went with this. And it just ended up blowing up. You know, people were like, holy shit, yes whatever happened to this? Why, why did we, I mean, especially at the time you had the Mega Man or particularly the Mega Man X series, uh, getting further away or trying to break out of its two dimensional roots, right? Like they would end it like Mega Man X seven would get very 3d, uh, Mega Man eight, another game that I love that apparently other people don't really like, um, that was still basically 2d, but, uh, you know, certainly they were trying to take advantage of the 3D capabilities of consoles. But going back with Mega Man 9 and going back to that classic, you know, Blue Bomber look, uh, that classic, you know, really punishing, uh, almost repetitive gameplay. Man, was that refreshing as fuck <laughs> when that came out. Uh, and again, it just it took everything by storm. People couldn't believe it. And before you knew it, Capcom was like, well, we got a fucking hit on our hands and that costs us practically nothing to produce. Let's make Mega Man 10. And they made Mega Man 10 and then you got DLC with it where you could play as a uh, base or bass if you play the English version of Mega Man 8. But we know it's supposed to be base, right? Because, you know, it's rock, roll, bass. Get it? Anyway, uh, or you could, you know, buy the DLC where you could play as Proto Man and that was cool on its own. The ability to play as Proto Man again, uh, or not again, but like, well, I, I, I guess you'd say it's for the first time. We'll, we'll, we'll call it that. Uh, that was so cool. That was another situation, kind of like Space Invaders Get Even, where you sort of got to play the villain, right? Because in Mega Man Eight, you know, uh, uh, Base was 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 a villain, uh, and that that just you know great replayability there. So Mega Man 9 and 10, real return to roots. Uh, and eventually we'd get Mega Man 11. Of course, that wasn't WiiWare. That's something for modern consoles. Uh, and Mega Man 11, awesome, awesome game. Um, but I don't know if we have 
Mega Man 11. And of course we're getting Mega Man 12 already, uh, you know, soon enough here. I don't know if we'd have that classic gameplay, uh, if it wasn't for Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10 being such juggernauts, uh, in, in, in eShops, but it, it, it did it. Uh, I mean that, that they have to be some of the best selling we wear ever. Now we're going to get, and, and I gave each one their own spot and they deserve it. We're going to get into the next three, our three games. Then we have one more above all those, but the next three are three games that if you ever hear people clamoring, Hey, could we please get this fucking, we wear only. And I mean, we wear only not on Xbox live, not anywhere else. Can we get a re-release of these? We wear only games. These are the games that people beg for. So let's get into number four. Uh, it, it's not, it, you know, even though it's at number four and not three and two, uh, it's not the worst of these, but let, let, let's cover it. Number four is Castlevania, the adventure rebirth. So this is a remake basically of Castlevania for the game boy. So it's a full on remake of the classic 1989 Castlevania, the adventure that you played on the game boy. Now you have to understand this. Castlevania, the adventure is one of the greatest game boy games of all time. One of the greatest games of all time, partly because it, it brought, it was one of the, uh, I mean, eventually Game Boy games would do better at this, but it really brought in a very uh, efficacious way, the Castlevania experience to a handheld console, to port, you know, to portability, to mobility in 89. That was insane. Because Castlevania, I mean, that gameplay is, you know, I mean, was just one of the most solid, uh, uh, you know, gaming experiences uh, in, in the late 80s. And I mean, it goes so far, you got you to understand that Castlevania, the adventure, I mean, they even, what is it? IDW did a comic book series of that, the Belmont Legacy, right back in 05, um, that, that covered uh, that were based on that game. I mean, that's how popular this game is. And the story was awesome and, and everything it's a, if you're going to do a remake of a Castlevania game, it's a damn fine game to do a remake of along with say, you know, like Castlevania three. So Konami does it and it, it, so they called it Castlevania, the adventure rebirth. This, I mean, it was a perfect remake, a perfect remake, the controls tight as fuck. Everything about it played just, just like you'd want it to. If you brought castle, Castlevania, the adventure onto a bigger screen, it hit it for the life of me. I cannot understand why Konami, which, you know, constantly gets bombarded with requests for more Castlevania games and so on, uh, to this day, why they have not bothered to re-release this game in any fashion. Uh, I don't understand. No one understands. We, we, we don't get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the, again, this one is a direct remake. We're going to get into other rebirth games here on this list. And we need to, because they are the absolute best, uh, at what they do. So Castlevania adventure rebirth. If you played it on the game boy, I mean, this is just a must play and we'll talk about the emulators that you can rock so that you can rock it. Uh, let's go to number three. Gradius Rebirth. Gradius Rebirth is an odd animal. Um, I am a massive fan 
of the Gradius series. Uh, it's one of my top uh, video game franchises. Of course, I, lo- I love my shmups. Uh, Gradius Rebirth, not a remake of the original Gradius or like Balkan's Venture or something like that. It's not a remake. It is more a remix of basically some of the best levels from Gradius games of the past. You get some stuff from Gradius 3, Gradius 4. I mean, you get them from all over, uh, you know, really the very storied legacy of, uh, of the Gradius franchise. And it's dynamite. Uh, and you can play it over and over again for hours because you're basically playing a greatest hits, you know, of, of Shmup's history, but, you know, of Gradius, uh, it's history. And I can't even begin to uh, recount how many, I mean, how many hours I spent on my Wii playing, just playing Gradius Rebirth because, I mean, that, that gameplay is just so tight. Really, really delivered. So that's at number three. Uh, frankly, that could have taken the number one spot, but it's not an original game. So I didn't really want to put it there. Number two, uh, is another one of my top series also happens to be from Konami and that is Contra rebirth, kind of the same deal here where it's sort of a mixture between, between Castlevania rebirth and Gradius rebirth in that it's not, it is a new game. Um, but it's really taking like a lot, a lot of elements from uh, other Contra games and a lot of different like control schemes and putting them into, uh, you know, kind of a a classic Contra styling. Uh, This is another one where you could just play this forever. Um, I almost, (laughs) there's a part of me that thinks there would actually be riots at Konami headquarters. If Konami did not make Contra four when they did for the DS, uh, Contra rebirth, is so good and so true to the series. You know, if people didn't have a great Contra game in Contra four, uh, again, like I, said, I think they would have been storming fucking Konami HQ just to, just to say, look, will, will you just re-release a fucking great, you know, uh, a Contra game that came out in the past 15 years. That's how, that's how great uh, Contra rebirth is. So that's our number two. So again, two through four, it's all the rebirth games, but those games are such a cut above just about anything that came out on WiiWare. Uh, I, I didn't feel it would do them justice to just say, well, let's count them all at once. You don't know no, each one of them deserves their own conversation and their own eyes on it. Uh, and there's such dramatically different styles of gameplay, right? That. Yeah. I mean, you got to treat them on their own. It's not like Mega Man nine and where Mega Man, you know, nine and 10 are kind of the same game, you know, I mean, they're, they're different and they're worthy, but they're kind of the same game, right? No, these are very different games, but they are best in class. Uh, you could, if someone wanted to, you know, list these off as best in, not just best in class, but best in franchise, best in series, I wouldn't argue too much about that. And imagine saying that, that Contra Rebirth is the greatest Contra game ever made. I'd give that title maybe to Contra four, but I wouldn't argue against it either. Greatest rebirth. It yeah, it's the greatest hits. Sure. But then it's the greatest Castlevania, the adventure rebirth fucking dynamite. You want to call that the, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. We could talk about symphony of the night. Uh, you know, it was a harmony of dissonance. I mean, we, we could go down and, you know, that's not even getting into the, the great DS trilogy that we got. Uh, it was the order of Ecclesia or whatever with, uh, with Castlevania, but you know, somebody wanted to say, no, that's the greatest contra game ever. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I completely respect that opinion as to where, 
you know, somebody said, uh, 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 I don't know, Simon's quest was, <laughs> was the best Castlevania game. I wouldn't respect that opinion, but moving right along. Uh, those are just, just dynamite games, uh, that entire rebirth series. And, and it's so funny because Konami has put out classics collections, um, you know, kind of around these games, not kind of, they have, we we've had the arcade collection, which has all the greatest games. We've had the Castlevania classics collection. We've had the Contra classics collection. Why would you not include those re- the rebirth games in those makes no fucking sense, but I'll tell you how to play them later. Let's go to number one. Number one is a, a quantum leap in not in gaming because it's actually a fairly simplistic game, but it is a quantum leap in perceptions in the video game industry. And this speaks to a point that I brought up a little bit earlier. That is, is that until a lot of WiiWare games, I think a lot of your everyday sit in front of the TV video gamer had no idea that normal people on their own who happen to be sitting at home, obviously in front of a computer instead of a television, were making their own games, who just did not think that that was possible. Well, then around 2004, you end up with a game that I think changed everything. And that game, and and let me, let me just say this out front. This is one of the greatest games ever made. In my opinion, it follows some tried and true formulas. Okay. It is at the end of the day, a platformer, but I think it's one of the greatest games ever made. And that is none other than cave story cave story. Now there's, you know, cave story has become such a a big deal. I mean, it's been re-released. There's cave story plus, which is probably the most common version. You can play it on basically every console out there. And of course, originally it was a PC game, but cave story. I remember reading, you know, in the, in the uh, video game magazines at the time uh, when this did come out for WiiWare, I remember you know, so many, so many of the reviewers saying, this is what we've been waiting for. Okay. For when titles like this, that could come out without needing the massive distribution of getting it on a physical copy, getting it on disc and so on. It's amazing how that whole scenario is reversed these days. Now it's the indie games that get released physically, but, uh, regardless cave story came in and I don't think people realized it or everybody realized it at the time, but eventually they would realize, wow. This was made by one guy, took him about five years to make it, which that used to impress people, right? Remember everybody was so impressed with Ocarina of Time back on the N64 where, oh, it took Nintendo five years to make this game. Holy shit. Well, you know, this, this impressed people. When you find out the story around Cave Story, and I don't mean the in-game narrative, even though that's, that's very interesting in and of itself. um, I think it changed a lot of people's minds. I think that it opened up, uh, you know, the, the, the video game industry to getting some of the greatest games we've ever had without cave story. There'd be no meat boy without cave story. There'd be, I mean, go down the list of indie games that you just fucking love. I don't think really any of them would exist because they wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have uh, seemed as economically feasible if it weren't for cave story. It's that much of a pun intended game changer. And to get 
you know, for here's the other part to understand too. Look, you can say that, well, the N64 or well, the GameCube, you know, uh, didn't, didn't really, you know, blow up skirts, right. It didn't really get people's maybe so excited. And it seemed like Nintendo's dominance had waned. Yeah. But Nintendo was still, and they still are to this day. were still an iron fist over what they would really allow on their console. And so basically for Nintendo to allow cave story and to even promote cave story a bit, uh, you know, via WiiWare was that that was basically giving the industry and video gamers in general, uh, permission to love indie games and to take them seriously. Really? That's, I, I mean, look, yes, in PC gaming, we know the stuff. I mean, hey, dwar- we've been playing Dwarf Fortress forever. We've been playing whatever for, we know, we already know. We've already been on top of all this shit, baby. We, you know, okay. But for everybody else, this was massive. This created a mindset shift. It also happens to be a genuinely great game. Um, the, the story is solid. The music is amazing. Uh, the eight bit graphics are quite cute. Um, everything about it. I mean, it plays like a mix between mother and, and Metroid, you know, a mix between earthbound and Metroid. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a really, really, really cool game in and of itself. Uh, that's just a lot of fun. Um, but, but has everything going for it. All the elements that you expect out of a game are in cave story. And that's why, you know, I have no problem saying, you know, yes, it was a big deal because of the, you know, uh, the, the mindset shift that it created the quantum leap that it was. Yes. But also it just happens to be that damned good of a game. And it's still worthy of playing today. I'm glad it gets re-released on basically every fucking console that comes out because it deserves to, uh, it's a game that needs to be there. Just like, I mean, and before anybody complains, look, how many times have we repurchased super Mario brothers, you know, (laughs) but cave story is in that caliber. So sure. Rebuy it for every fucking system you get. Who cares? Right. Uh, I mean, what's the best version of it out there? Probably the version for the 3ds where, you know, you got to take advantage of some of the 3d, uh, but it's, you know, cave story plus on, you know, on switch and on PC and everywhere else. I mean, that that's great. Uh, the 3d thing is kind of just a trick. So, uh, you know, I don't even know if I want to say that, but the original cave story holds up just as well as cave story. Plus cave story plus is a great experience as well. Uh, and, and, you know, can equally be, put up, held up with its, I don't want to call it its predecessor. They're still kind of the same game, uh, you know, as one of the greatest games ever made. So that takes our number one. Um, and you know, we were, despite the, 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 the flubs and the mistakes, I would say that were made with, we uh, cave story, you know, the ability to get games like cave story out there to the masses made it worthwhile. And to boot, there were some genuinely great games on WiiWare. They were not just afterthoughts. These were dynamite games like that entire Rebirth series, Mega Man 9 and 10, Rage of the Gladiator, uh, Space Invaders Get Even. You don't get that many people talking about it now, but I bet when it gets re-released, you're going to hear people talking about it because it's a shit ton of fun. And there's others too. So how do you get to play these games in 2021? Well, you've got a few options and I would say there's basically three big ones. And those are what I'm going to concentrate on. And again, these largely apply to, uh, you know, every Wii game or just about every Wii game, not just Wii wear, uh, as well as some virtual console, 
and as well as some GameCube uh, games, because of course the Wii was backwards compatible with the GameCube, which was actually pretty key to the ability to emulate um, the Wii. Now it's, it's amazing because the Wii has been emulated for a very long time, particularly with uh, one of the most famous emulators ever built, that being uh, Dolphin. Dolphin is up to version five now. This is a very actively developed and supported uh, emulator, one of the most actively developed and supported emulators uh, out there today. Um, It's still worked on. I mean, like the latest beta release, I think, is only like three weeks old. That's nothing of the, like the nightly release, which is a couple days old. Uh, I mean, this is just nonstop and available basically everywhere. In fact, even if you have like a retro pie, uh, you know, the, the dolphin emulator comes as a stock option on that. Now, as far as emulation, I'm going to talk about hardware as well here in a minute, but to talk about the emulation with dolphin, most games work and they have a compatibility list. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to where you can find dolphin to be able to play this. Uh, but it's just dolphin dash EMU like emulator.org. Uh, but there's, there's a full list of, you know, how well games works and, and they use a star system for this. And most games are either the four or five star range as in four is playable. Five is perfect. And then, you know, it just gets worse from there and you might as well not even try if you don't get four or five stars. Um, most WiiWare works really well. Most of these games that I listed off work really well, or at the very least are playable, uh, via dolphin. And again, dolphin just, just as, and it's, they're still, you know, they're bringing in like, you know, uh, uh, Vulcan compatibility and so on. I mean, they just, they keep adding on, um, virtual console games are also a possibility with, uh, with dolphin. And, you know, let's, let's remember, like we talked about in the previous, we top eight that we did. Uh, or special that we did. There are virtual console games that were like, say N64 games that never actually got in a North American release or an English release. And Nintendo did the due diligence of, you know, bringing in an English translation in, you know, again, fuck over a decade since the game maybe originally came out, uh, you know, and so on. And one example, of course, is sin and punishment. Um, so you get to, you get to try a lot of these things. And of course, you know, you hit your torrent sites and you can find your, your varying, um, you know, disc images, uh, as well as, uh, like what do they call them? Wad files or, or whatever, uh, that you can get, but basically ROMs, you know, that you can get of WiiWare games and even virtual console games. So now it's not understand that dolphin is not perfect it's still actively developed. So they're trying to get it to perfection. Okay. Uh, and there's some really cool things you can do with it too, but it's not perfect. And as far as really cool things, um, one of the more recent developments that I, I thought was so slick is that if you use the, uh, the game boy advance emulator, uh, what is it? VBAM. If you use that and dolphin, the two, the two programs can actually interact with each other as if you were connecting, say you're playing a GameCube game, um, the two programs can interact so that VBAM acts like a Game Boy connected to say the GameCube or whatever, or, or the, the, you know, the Wii in, in Dolphin. Very cool <laughs> to have that functionality like on one machine, right? I mean, that, that, that's, that's kind of revolutionary, frankly. Um, 
So, of course, the name Dolphin comes from that was the code name for the Nintendo Wii uh, before it ended up getting released. And yeah, I mean, this is something you really got to try. But again, it's not perfect. There are games where you still run into some issues. Uh, two of the big ones, and this has more to do with GameCube because Dolphin can do basically can do WiiWare, Virtual Console, Wii, as well as um, as well as GameCube. Some GameCube games don't play very nice, including a couple of the biggies in, in GameCube, and that being, uh, you know, of course, the the Star Wars uh, Rogue Squadron games for GameCube. Uh, you know, Rebel Assault and Rebel Strike. They're playable, but they're not perfect. So you may still with, you know, even as good as Dolphin is, and I love it and it's great and keep developing boys. I, I think it's wonderful. You may still want to pick up some original hardware. So to, now I talked about this in the previous uh, uh, Wii special that we, that we last did here, how, you know, I wanted for myself, um, I didn't really need a Wii emulator or I didn't really need a physical Wii, I should say, uh, because there weren't a whole ton of Wii games that I really wanted to play um, that I felt needed the actual hardware, right? As to where there were a lot of GameCube games that absolutely need the hardware, uh, you know, to, to do it. And so I ended up, you know, years ago getting a GameCube, putting Swiss on it and everything, you know, and, and going that whole route uh, to play my GameCube games. But you can buy, you know, a Wii, a physical Wii, and you can put the homebrew channel on it. And you can go crazy and and and, and play, you know, all all the varying disk images and ROMs and everything, uh, you know, that that you want. And that's partly using the SD card slot on it. Uh, and it works really, really well. I mean, we uh, homebrew basically, <laughs> uh, we hacking on or modding is, is, you know, a very stable, uh, very common and well-developed thing, uh, to this day. Uh, you know, it's still that popular of a system. Um, so it's a great thing to, you know, to, to really take advantage of, to get the actual hardware. And then really you don't run into, um, any of the emulation problems that you would say, you know, via dolphin. Um, even though again, those keep getting fewer and fewer, but having the physical hardware, being able to use the Wiimote, I mean, you got to understand that playing some Wii games on dolphin. I mean, the beautiful thing is that the Wiimote basically acts like a mouse. So as long as you have a touchscreen or a mouse, you can simulate the controls of a Wiimote pretty well. So that's how you can get away with using dolphin. There's ways to, you know, kind of jerry rig a, a, a Wiimote to work with a PC and everything. That that's a whole other conversation. Um, and most also granted most games, uh, they use the Wiimote also work with the pro controller. And so, you know, there's already a control scheme to where not being able to say, use a Wiimote, uh, on, on a PC isn't really a problem, but then, you know, there's games like we talked about red steel Two, where no, you want to, you want the full experience, right? Because there's motion involved and you got to have the motion plus adapter and all this other shit. And so maybe you want to go all the way and get your hands on a, you know, on a, on a original Wii and just put the homebrew channel on there, which there's a link in the show notes to show about that. And then, you know, have your time and, and go to it, you know? And, and the beautiful thing is, is that Nintendo's hardware usually is pretty hardy as in their controllers seem to basically last forever. Uh, and you know, Wiimotes aren't even that old anyway. Uh, so you, 
you're in for, I mean, you might end up putting out a little bit of expense to be able to do that, but you're getting a great system, not only that handles Wii games, but that can also handle uh, GameCube games. Uh, and so you're, you're kind of getting two consoles in one there. And then you have all these WiiWare games that we talked about. I mean, you're in for a great fucking time. So that's a, it's a very mature space, uh, you know, we homebrew and, and we modding. So you're absolutely ready and able to get into that. Um, the other option, of course, here, this is the third option is that the Wii U is still fairly supported. And while I don't think having like a potentially a modded Wii U is as exciting as a modded Wii itself. I'm sure that's going to be a thing, but I mean, you lose like the GameCube functionality isn't there. There's just, I I think the Wii U was a mistake on a billion levels and we don't have to get into that. But while that is a viable way to play Wii games, uh, you know, and WiiWare games, I, I mean, well, you can't buy them anymore. You can't buy WiiWare games if you haven't already bought them. Even if you have a Wii U and an official account and access to the, you know, the, the Wii U shop and everything, it's, it's just not going to work because they shut all that down in 2019. But, you know, it, it's still a possibility to do. And I guess if you go modding, you know, maybe you can make that happen. Um, I am not super familiar with the modding space and the homebrew space with the Wii U because I just don't see that. I mean, I don't understand. Like with the Wii U, most of, if not all of the great games for the Wii U are getting re-released for the Switch with more shit on them, right? Bowser's Fury, anyone? Fucking awesome. So I just, I, I can't see investing in the Wii U, but you know, it is, it is a possibility. So I wanted to list it also, but the Wii I think is worthwhile to look into. Um, a lot of Wii games, a lot of the great Wii games have also been re-released. That's true. Uh, I mean, you have Kirby's Epic Yarn on the 3DS. Um, I mean, there, there's plenty. We're getting, well, We if you saw the, the Nintendo Direct, you're going to get Skyward Sword, right? Uh, coming out, what is that, in May um, on the Switch. So I feel like a lot of games from the whole Wii saga, Wii and Wii U, are getting re-releases as needed. And those that don't get re-released, if you already have a GameCube, you're not too worried about it. If you don't have a GameCube, you know, a modded Wii becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more attractive. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I can admit that, but if you already have a GameCube, a lot of like some of these, WiiWare games and everything, I mean, you can use dolphin to rock those. Okay. So maybe it's not as practical, but, um, I mean, there's other things, you know, certainly as well to speak to, like there's the updated versions of super smash brothers, uh, that you can play on, uh, you know, more easily play on a, on a modded Wii. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities here and I think it's totally worthwhile. Don't, don't, don't think I'm disparaging owning a, a you know, a physical Wii. Um, I think that there's, I, I mean, especially boy, if you're really into like the Wii sports games and, and, and games like that, the ones that really use the motion controls and all that, I think having a, a you know, having a physical Wii again is absolutely the way to go. Absolutely the way to go. In fact, me talking about it right now, boy, that's tempting. <laughs> It's very tempting, <laughs> but I already have so many consoles. I just looked to my right and there's uh, anyway, <laughs> how about I put it this way? I'd buy, I'd buy a, a modded Wii before I'd buy a PlayStation five or a series X in a heartbeat. I mean, cause I, I think I'm going to get a far, far more of a good time 
with with a Wii than than anything that that's come out in recent years, uh, minus maybe the Switch. So, but anyway, I think that covers it. I think we've got a good round out here for you know WiiWare games that were really worthwhile and why you want to look at say Wii emulation or owning uh, a Wii again in 2021. And I mean, I really scratched the surface. There were a lot of great games there, uh, you know, to, to take advantage of, but we certainly hit the big ones and they're big ones that I think every gamer should play. I mean, because they're, they're just, they're that damned good. If not just that damn good, they're very unique, uh, incredibly unique experiences. Some of them you can play elsewhere, but the ones that you can't get your hands on them, baby. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for this little gaming grid special. And, uh, we have plenty more uh, gaming grid specials to have come out throughout 2021. But for now, I will see all of you woo, on the other side. Game over. <laughs>